Hey there, it's Dr. Nazanin Mo'oli, and I want to chat with you about a key ingredient for a fabulous date night, feeling sexy. And come on, let's be real. What you wear plays a big part in how you rock that confidence. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quince. Quince brings you premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30, along with washable silk tops, 40-carat gold jewelry, and more. And guess what? All of their goodies are priced 50 to 80% lower than similar brands. By teaming up directly with top factories, Quince skipped the middleman and hands us the saving. Plus, they stick to factories with safe, ethical practices and top-notch fabrics and finishes. How awesome is that? Picking from Quince's website was tough because they have a ton of fabulous choices. I ended up going for their 100% washable silk sleep dress in champagne. And let me tell you, my husband was floored. He's convinced whoever rocks this is in for a blast. I'm going to record some content on that dress so you can see how fabulous is that dress. Elevate your date night style with Quince. Pop over to quince.com slash sexology for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash sexology to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash sexology. Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hey there, welcome to episode 46 of Sexology Podcast. This is Dr. Nazanin Moali, and we're going to talk about a very exciting topic. Our topic today is how to keep the sex life alive and even better than what it was in a long-term relationships. I often, this is a question I often get a lot from my clients and couples that are coming in. They kind of feel hopeless and helpless and saying that, you know, they're telling me that they haven't had sex for years. In some cases, a decade, they tell me about this great relationship they have but the passion and chemistry is gone and they believe that this is something that they cannot have in a long-term relationship so unfortunately some people go outside the marriage just because of that and some people kind of like give up on their sex life which is also sad so i thought it would be an excellent topic to talk about invited Stuart. Fensterheim, he's a licensed social worker, he's a fellow podcaster, to come talk to us about how we can have great sex life in a committed relationship. Stuart Fensterheim is a clinician, author, and podcaster specializing in helping couples to create a true and authentic love story where they both feel secure and important. His 30 plus years as a therapist, have given him a unique perspective on love and relationships. Also, he has a podcast called 
the Couples Expert Podcast. It's a weekly show, and he talks about like relationship and couples and finding love in middle age. So I highly recommend you guys to check it out. Speaking of that, we are almost around our one year anniversary, and I wanted to ask for a gift. I know you guys have been such an awesome listeners by by sending me emails and uh, writing me iTunes reviews. I wanted to ask those of you that you haven't found a chance yet to write a review. It means a lot to me. If you take a couple of minutes and go ahead and iTunes and write it, it helps this show to have a broader reach. And one of my passion is like provide a sex positive education to as many women as many men as possible because i feel our environment our surrounding is inundated with negative messages around sexuality and we need some other information and content to help people understand there is another way of being anyhow without further ado this is my interview with Stuart Fensterheim. Welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am excited to have our guest today, Stuart Fun- Fensterheim. <laughs> Sorry, I, I practiced <laughs> this several okay. times and I you butchered know, it. You know what's funny is that uh, my wife decided not to take my name. Can you believe that? Oh my God. (laughs) She said it's too long. (laughs) It's beautiful, but I generally, that's my weakness. I have a hard time pronouncing last names. So my apologies. Is that okay if I call you Stuart? Oh, please do. So Stuart is a therapist and fellow podcaster, as I mentioned during introduction. And his podcast name is the Couple Expert Podcast. And we met in person in podcasting movement. And I'm very excited about our conversation because I remember how passionate you were and you when we were talking about couples work and keeping relationships and passion alive. So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I love the idea of, of coming on other people's podcasts because it really allows me to Actually, I love it because it's so different. And, it, you know, it's interesting because I think I mentioned this to you in an email we were doing. To be on this other side of the microphone, it's easy. Hey, all I have to do is be myself, be authentic, <laughs> share what I love talking about. And I don't have to worry about keeping you talking. <laughs> so I can just relax and have fun. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) And it's always fun to have other podcasters because they're so familiar with how we do things. And I also enjoy being at other people's podcasts because you see every single host, they do it differently. And we can tell your audience that you're going to be on mine coming up. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited about that. And as soon as we have our uh, conversation, I'm going to be in your show. I'll post it in my website so you guys can check it out. Sounds great. Okay, so let's gonna go. Let's move forward to our topic. I'm very interested and curious to hear your thoughts about our topic today. We're gonna talk about how to keep passion and sex alive in long-term relationships. One thing that I see in my practice, and I bet 
you see some of it in your practice as well is how couples coming in telling me that their sex life used to be good and then as years went by the things kind of cooled down and at one point they become kind of roommates so what are some of the factors that you think contribute to loss of passion in long-term relationships what what i think more than anything is people don't realize that sex doesn't just come naturally what I mean by that is so often I hear people talking about, well, we should know what to do or we should know how to do this. And I think it is, it is a human instinct, but at the same time, if we're talking about passion and we're talking about excitement and we're talking about being fulfilled, it brings it on to a whole different level. And if we all reflect back on our childhood, how often have we had anyone sit down with us and have a conversation on how to keep your sex life exciting? I, I know I never had that conversation with my parents. I was lucky if we just talked about the birds and the bees in general, but to talk <laughs> about how to keep a partner satisfied, how to keep yourself satisfied. And I think the issue is what people forget is that everything counts. So when we talk about having a passionate, exciting relationship, we're also talking about connecting. And the conversation that most people don't have is what is exciting to you? Because what's exciting to one person isn't necessarily exciting to the other. And when we're talking about passion, what we're really talking about is being fulfilled both physically, emotionally, and sensually. So for so I hope no one's offended by what I'm about to say, but if you're being an asshole to your partner, they're not going to have a lot of passion for you. If you're not emotionally connected, they're not going to have passion for you. If you haven't taken a bath before you go to bed to make love to your partner, they're not going to be real thrilled by you. If you haven't been kind, they're not going to feel much passion for you. If you forget their birthday, they're not going to feel much passionate for you. If your health isn't in shape, if you're not physically doing well, all of these things matter. And I think when we start breaking it down, the conversation that people have to have is what does passion look like for your partner? And unless you talk about that, and recently what I've been talking to people about, and I think people forget a lot about is that passion and erotica is not the same thing. So I may be passionate about you emotionally, but if we haven't talked about what I need that turns me on, what's erotic to me, because what's erotic to me may not be erotic to you. So the communication is so essential to really have a passion. And I think for most people, the loss of passion is really about the loss of the connection. That is so true. And I really like when you were talking about sex doesn't come naturally, because sometimes I hear for some of the people I work with, they say, you know, I don't want to talk about it. I want it to be spontaneous, but they keep getting disappointed because the sex right. is not what they want. And we're right. not mind reader. And it's very important, as you mentioned, like we, our love language is different. And our uh, sex language can be different. So it's very important to have open communication about those things. 
And I think when we talk about passion and an emotional connection, because for most people, and this is an area that I that I really get on my soapbox about, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding for regarding men and that people feel that men are not emotional. Well, that's not true. I think that men tend to get their emotional connections through the physical experience. And I think that unless you're talking about this from a place of emotional connection, you're going to lose the dialogue. And I think that's what happens for a lot of the misunderstanding. So what I, what I ask couples to think about, when you look at your sex life, when you look at your emotional life, when you look at whether or not you're nurturing one another, have you been accessible to your partner? And are you engaged with them? And how responsive are you in and out of the bedroom? And I think so much the loss of passion is really about are we doing the things that we need to do to keep our partner knowing how turned on we are by them emotionally, physically, spiritually, and in all ways. And unless you're ta- not talking, unless you are talking about that, your passion's going to get diminished. And I really agree with you when you're talking about emotional connection as part of our requirements sometimes for having a sexual connection in long-term relationships because sometimes they have couples coming in for sex therapy and they want to fix the only sexual encounter challenges, which sometimes it works. But as you as you mentioned, if you're holding resentment, we have this like unresolved emotions, it's hard to connect in a meaningful way sexually, especially in relationships. And if we're talking long-term relationships and what I hope for, for the people that come through my door, is when you're talking about a long-term, you're talking about lifelong. And I think unless you talk about the aging process, and what changes physically for you as you age. So when someone's penis doesn't work as well as it did once, what happens? If there's a dryness in the vaginal area, what happens? For the saddest things that I've seen recently is I had a woman who came into my office and and I always do my own assessment when they come in. And and then I also do an individual assessment with them, not just for the couple. And we were talking about the sexual relationship. And what she was telling me was that she has been having sex with her partner in excruciating pain. And she wasn't telling him when she was going through menopause that there was a dryness and that every time he thrusted, she was like in so much pain, but she was scared to death if she told him that he would leave her. And the dialogues about aging, when we talk about passion, we talk about long-term relationships, you have to have the dialogue. And then the other thing that's really awful is I hear these couples who come in and say, when they have a problem, like, a, like an erection problem, once the erection goes away, they stop having sex. And I said, now, why do you do that? And they were talking about normalcy. It has to have intercourse. And this is where I really love this, this topic because I believe very much, and you and I were talking about this previously, 
that if we think about the sex organs in our body, most people go to the vaginal area, the penis, the clitoris, but our brain is really the most erotic organ, sex organ in our body, that if we can really feel turned on, and I think that's a something that happens in the brain, not only in the body, that we can have excitement even if we don't have intercourse, even if we don't have sex in a traditional way, just by talking and being turned on. And I think the other element with all of this that we have to talk about is, and I'd like your audience to think about this, when you're engaging sexually, how fun is it? How playful is it? And unless you're adding playfulness to your sexual relationship, unless it is where you're cracking each other up during sex, I would suggest there's an element of your sex life that's missing. And I want to give this example, and I hope my wife doesn't kill me if she listens to this. But last <laughs> night, we're recording this the day after the Chicago Cubs won the National League championship, or going into the championship. They just won the first level of the playoffs. And my wife and I decided what we were going to do was have a drink every time that they scored a run and they were behind and it just became a riot. And we, it was so playful. It was so fun to just make love to her after having a good time. And it wasn't about the sex. It was about us just really enjoying each other's company while we watched this game. Your passion and the love that you have for one another has to be experienced in every single thing that you do. And if you do that, your sex life will be exciting because you'll be making love to the person that you love. And I'm glad you mentioned the importance of excitement because I know sometimes my clients are talking about, you know, how they don't want to have sex. And part of it, it became uh, this routine for them and they find right. themselves disengaged and we're always doing the same thing, same position. And it's hard to for, for them to feel excited. So I love that you're talking about playfulness and how can people uh, incorporate that, especially for long-term relationships. The other thing I wanted to get into that is like, I know there are, then people are kind of curious about, then some people have great sex just by hooking up. So what are the differences that you see between hookup sex, marital sex, and making love? Now, I'm an emotionally focused therapist, which means I'm an attachment theorist, which means that my expertise is helping couples feel emotionally connected to one another. And Sue Johnson, who you may or may not know, and your audience may not, may not know who she is, has talked about three different levels of sex. And, and the first one, which is really the hooking up, which is which she calls sealed off sex. That's when we're just looking for the orgasm. It's really a solo exercise that has very little to do with having that emotional connection. And then there's another level which calls solace sex, which is similar to, I think, where what we do is we, we're not quite sure our partners are there for us and that we need lots of reassurance. And the last one, which is a synchrony sex, which is really the emotional 
connection is there and the physical neck connection. So I think when we're talking about hookup sex, marital sex, or making love, hookup sex really is sex for sex sake. It really isn't about having a close emotional connection where you truly are vulnerable, you're truly authentic with your partner. Marital sex and making love, in my opinion, is really similar, but they're interrelated. I think when you're married and having sex, it could be many different forms of sex. I think every time that we have sex, we need to be making love. And I think unless you're doing that, and that doesn't mean you can't have a quickie, but I think it's a different kind of relationship where you're not really showing your true self. You're not being comfortable to, and being authentic. And really, in my opinion, at least, and this is me, and this is what I teach, which is you need to make love with every single person that you're engaged in a physical, sexual relationship. What a beautiful way of putting it. I have training in EFT, but I attended Greenberg's workshops. And I know right. that uh, Sue Johnson is another co-founder and she talks about this, this different levels of connection. And, you know, I feel many people struggle with synchronous sex. Why mm -hmm. do you think that's the hardest and most challenging kind of having a sexual interaction? Because what it incorporates is all of your attachment needs and being willing to really show your true self. And I think sometimes what happens is when there are injuries in the relationship, a relationship injury is one in which when you have a really high need and your partner lets you down or there's a betrayal of some form. So what happens is that you close yourself off and you get defensive. And I think the reason synchrony sex is so hard is both because there's all these self-expectations that we have, and then we have our partners, and we're trying to meet their emotional needs and also be, you know, as a guy, you, you got to do it all. You got to make a lot of money, be emotionally available, mostly accessible, and trying to really be that person that meets your partner's emotional needs, and not everyone, it's not so easy, and you can't do it alone. So you have to have a dialogue with your partner talking about what does it take for you to really feel emotionally connected with your partner because the, the best sex is the sex which is emotionally close, emotionally connected, and physically exciting. And there's a guy by the name, and I'm sure you've, you've heard of him, and I don't know how much you've talked with your audience about, which is David Schnarch. Oh, I love him. Yeah, and, and I saw him a workshop probably 30 years ago, and he, he termed good sex electric socket sex, like you're putting your finger in an electric socket. And the, the, what he was talking about there was it can be exciting and sometimes scary, but what it takes for that to really happen is a significant amount of trust that you have with each other. And unless you have a close, vulnerable relationship where you truly are confident that your partner's needs are being met by you and that they meet your needs, you're not going to really be willing to open yourself up to a place of security and stability in the relationship. And that's what's required to have really exciting sex. 
And it's kind of tied back to the uh, conversation we had a few moments ago that you were talking about how men are, they, they kind of seek emotional connections. Sometimes it's through physical connection because right. I, I sometimes I know that women say, you know, I want to go emotionally deeper and have this connection with my husband, but all he wants is to just have sex and physically right. get connected. But that's a wonderful way of reframing it. That's another way of emotionally connecting. You know, it's funny because, you know, if you really think about it, and, and I was watching this video a couple months back. And it was this couple who was talking about the sexual relationship and the challenges that they were having. And they began to get really, really intimate and really emotionally close. And they would fight all the time previously over their sex life. And what she did, she turned to him and said, you know, I need emotional closeness. You need sex. We love each other why don't we just get over ourselves and give each other what we need? It was a really wonderful sort of way of them recognizing we might have different needs, but we're coming to the same source, but maybe in different ways. So for a man, uh, and not all men, but for a lot of men, their emotional closeness is done physically. Women tend to get physical after they have the emotional closeness. So if we can give each other what we need and have that conversation, both people get satisfied from an emotional and physical way. What's more beautiful than that of two people who are giving to each other in such a wonderful way? And establishing that trust that, as you mentioned, is a requirement for having that deeper intimacy. So that's, as you said, it's very important. Something I wanted to definitely talk about is how to keep sex lives, uh, sex alive in a long-term relationship. Because I see many people that like few years pass and they are, the friendship is good. There's absolutely no sex life, like their relationship right. is sexless. So what are some of the steps? What are some of the things that you recommend the couple to do to rekindle the passion and erotic part of the relationship? Well, actually, that's two questions in one, because what you were saying is, how do you keep sex alive? And then how do you rekindle? I think they're different questions. Right. And I'll try to address both of them if I can. But I think in terms of keeping sex alive, the first thing is you have to make it a priority in the relationship. When the research has been done for couples and people who, who are, feel satisfied with their, with their relationship, with their marriage, with their partnership, 90% will tell you the reason part of that is because they have an active sex life. Unless you're working diligently on your sexual relationship, for your entire relationship, for your entire life, people begin to pull apart and that they will not define their, their relationship as satisfying. What goes along with that is boredom. You can't keep doing the same thing in the same way for 50 years and you're not gonna feel good about it. So one of the ways to really keep your sex life alive the first thing you have to communicate about what feels good. You have to talk about the kinds of se sexual interactions that you find exciting and thrilling. I'm really one that believes that couples need to make a bucket list of the sexual things that you want to try before you die. We do that with 
places I want to go, places I want to see. But have you talked about what are some of the sex things you would like to do before you die? For instance, are you someone that wants to make love out on a beach somewhere? Is that something that you would find really satisfying? And talk about that. Do you write sexy letters to one another? Do you take advantage of technology in terms of sexting, in terms of putting yourselves, one person goes in one room, the other goes on laptops, and do you use your webcam with one another? Are you talking about the things that make it more interesting? If you've had sex in the same way, in the same place, in the same situation for 20 years, how about changing it up? How's your foreplay? Sex isn't just about intercourse. Are you having enough foreplay? Are you having morning sex? Are you having evening sex? When's the last time you showed up at your husband or wife's work with an overcoat and nothing on underneath? Now, don't get yourself in trouble doing some of this. But, <laughs> but are you doing those things and talking about it? There are so many things you can go online and learn about. Are you, are you someone that tends to be somewhat theatrical and do you want to include role play into your, into your sex life? You need to really begin to have the conversation and not only talk about it, but we have to act on it. Because so often what happens is people talk about it and then it never, you don't follow through with it. And, and in order to really keep your sex life alive in a long-term relationship, you have to have an active sex life, and not doing always the same things always in the same way. And your relationship should be no different than we wouldn't want to go to the same vacation all the time. So we have to really have the conversation of what each of you need to have an exciting sex life in a long-term relationship. In terms of rekindling, I think it really varies on depending on you know, what the length of time has been, but, but exercises like Sensei Focus, for example, and most people know Sensei Focus from Masters and Johnson, doing things to reconnect physically. Don't just jump right into having intercourse. You have to get reacquainted to touch. And I think we shouldn't end this conversation without talking about the sex alone is not enough. Please evaluate how affectionate you are how kind you are, how much touch is there in the relationship. Do you, when you're lying down at night, going to bed, when's the last time you just held hands when you went to sleep? When's the last time you gave your wife or husband a massage just because you want to give them a massage? And that's all there is. We have to have touch as part of your relationship if you really want a sex life that's going to be long-term. I love the idea of the bucket list. I haven't thought about it before, but what an interesting way to a communicate uh, what's exciting to your partner and be kind of introduce another way of having sexual relationship. Because as you mentioned, I see boredom as one of the main things that cause people not to feel excited about sex. And I like that you're talking about how about rekindling peace and sensate focus. 
Because I, I prescribe it to my clients and they go in maybe the first week, they're okay with it. And as you know, there are different stages. Like mm-hmm. first stage, you do a kind of like touch the areas that you can see and then move forward. And when they prematurely kind of want to jump into having intercourse, they often fail because as you mentioned, it's important to kind of get re reconnected with your partner, uh, with their touch, with the affectionate part of them. And if you're doing it prematurely, that might not be successful. Right. And it's really all about really sharing all parts of us, including our sensual parts. So that, you know, so often one of the struggles that, that we hear in couples counseling has to do with people who say, well, the only time he touches me or she touches me, more of the men, I think, but, but the only time that, that I get touched is when they want sex. There needs to be touch at all times. You know, and you and by the way, in order to have an active sex life, you probably should sit together sometimes. Sit next to each other. Don't just watch TV in different rooms. Don't watch TV in different parts of the couch. Sit close, touch, cuddle kiss, do all the things that are necessary that send the message that someone is exciting to you. You know, when's the last time that you sent a text to your partner saying something like, you know, I can't get you out of my head. I'm the luckiest guy alive because you're in my life. Things like that. That's how you have an active sex life. Not just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Right. And I feel like I do just hit the jackpot about kind of touching your partner, not necessarily only times that you want to be intimate with. Just last week, I had this couple that like one of the partner was talking about, she doesn't want me to touch her hold hand. And she was talking about it because I don't want to have sex. And the conversation was like, I don't necessarily want to have sex. So there it gets into this loop of like, you know, people kind of associate touch only with being intimate. And when they don't want to have sex, they don't want to even like hold hands. Right. And I think, you know, we we can talk about that. And then I think we don't want to forget, you know, the, the line that I use with a lot of people is foreplay starts when you open your eyes in the morning. Love that. And that unless you're having active foreplay every moment of the day, you're not going to have a healthy sex life. That really goes back to your first question, which is, you know, how do you have passion in a long-term relationship? You have passion when you communicate to your partner that they matter to you and that you're excited that they're in your life. That's how you have passion. So, Stuart, I noticed we are toward the end of our time. I want to make sure that our listeners, they know about your podcasts and you're, you're an author. You have multiple different uh, platforms that you provide great content. So if they want to check out your material, what would be the best way of going about it? Well, the first place would be to go to the website, which is the couples experts, and that's plural www.thecouplesexperts.com. There you could sign up for both my mailing list as well as I also offer a uh, daily series through uh, my YouTube channel, which is the Couples Experts YouTube channel called Three Minutes with Stuart. And it's where you get five days a week a morning tip of something you can do every single day 
to improve your relationship. Uh, I have a podcast, as you mentioned, which is called the Couples Expert Podcast on iTunes. You also, if you go to my website, there's a podcast page and you could subscribe to the podcast. And I always ask people to send me reviews and those things. And if they want to reach me through my email, they can reach me at Stuart at thecouplesexperts.com. And I just want to say how much I've really enjoyed talking about this because I think there's nothing more important than people having that emotional connection with their partner that is really where you have everything that you need in a relationship. And that's what you have in your hands. And through your help and your podcasts, um, I think that your listeners are getting incredible uh, amount of resources. So I want to just thank you for give, doing everything that you do for your audience. Thank you so much for your kind word and being so generous with this information and sharing your passion and knowledge that you got like from several decades of working in this field. It was lovely to have you on the show. And I'm looking forward to our conversation later. Thank you again. And uh, we'll see you online. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Stuart. I'm grateful for Stuart that he provided us uh, with some great hands-on tips and tricks that we can use. And I believe it's uh, relationships are their work. You need to attend to your relationship and all aspects of your relationship. People have this expectation that, well, you know, now that we're married, now we're in a committed relationship, things going to be stay great. But I have to tell you that this is my clinical experience that you need to work on your relationship. I want you to kind of reflect on uh, how is your sex life and what can you do to get things, improve things, deepen your connection with your partner. One of the perks of being a sex therapist is that when I tell people what I do, out of blue, they divulge this very personal things around their sex life. They want advice. And this happens to me every day in grocery store, in doctor's appointment, in Apple store. So I know you, you guys have questions. <laughs> Just feel free to record them. All you need to do, all you need to tell me is your question, your age, and uh, where do you live? I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.